Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Hello, friends. Jack, Flight School O'Brien here, uh, also known as Jack. Still can touch Ned if I get a running start and haven't eaten heavy breakfast to O'Brien. Uh, both nicknames that I go by. Inviting you to check out Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the Daily Zeitgeist, Miles Gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans as we discuss the latest news and events from around the league. Check it out. Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hello, everybody. This is Craig Ferguson, letting you know that my Fancy Rascal Tour continues throughout the fall of 2023. For a full list of dates and tickets, please go to my website, thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. My name is Craig Ferguson. The name of this podcast is Joy. I talk to interesting people about what brings them happiness. Here's one of my old friends. Her name is Shirley Manson. She's the lead singer with a band called Garbage. When I first met her, she was the lead singer of Oh Well. You'll find out. Enjoy. I'll just say nice things about you. But if I, but if I say nice things about you now, say them. Say no, because I don't want to say nice things about you now because you're Scottish, so you'll get angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> right, who are you saying nice things about? I've been living here for a long time now, though. I like compliments. Do they try and take your Scottishness away from you when no, you go home? Oh, don't be ridiculous. So I, they do it to me. What do you mean? Sometimes I think it's because you're from Edinburgh. Edinburgh people no, you're are more nicer famous to each other. Than me. No, that's not true, that Shirley true. Manson. That is not that true. That is true, Craig Ferguson. No, no, that is not true. You anyway. are super famous. <laughs> you, no, you are. No, you Oh, <laughs> This is great. Well, good night, everybody. Good night. We're done here. The, I think in the Edinburgh side of things, I think people are nicer about it. I think in Glasgow, they try and say, oh, your accent, you're not even Scottish anymore. But I think in Edinburgh, they're like, no, it's okay. You, you can... You can, you're allowed to be successful elsewhere <laughs> and then come back to Edinburgh. Lots of people do it, but in Glasgow, they get fucking mad at you. Yeah, I, th I think that's probably fair. They're a wee bit easier on you in Edinburgh. Yeah, they are. But they've given me shit over the years. Well, you can't get tenured. You're now tenured. You're now a rock star that's tenured as rock star, but you can't get to that point without getting going through the... I like to call it the Zardoz period. Like, even Sean Connery had to go through the Mankini. <laughs> <laughs> before he became this finally tenured. This is true. You know what I wanted to talk to you about today? I was just thinking when I was coming here today, what I want to talk to Shirley about? There's a couple of things. One is the Columbia Hotel. Oh, God. Uh, which was, we'll get to. And the other thing is you being 100% Viking. 
Yeah, I am. That's the weirdest thing. I Like, you did a 23 and Me and you're 100% one thing. Viking. I am, which is really unusual in this well, day Well, Dane, age. I suppose. Viking is a, a verb, isn't it? It's like... Uh, I like, don't know what they meant. I don't think I'm Dane, per se. Right. I'm not sure 100% what they meant by that. Yeah. You do have kind of a warrior spirit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, even like as a performer, even when I saw you when you were like a kid, when I was a kid and you were a kid, I was less of a kid than you were, but... Not by uh, much. Not by much, but I remember like even seeing you back then when you were with the cool kids, you still had that kind of like, like you were a tough girl. I guess you had to be back I then. Think you, well, I am tough. Yeah, you are. Yeah. For sure. And I am redheaded, and I I am aware that I am in tune with my Viking roots, <laughs> for sure. Do you think rock music? Because rock music is very fucking is horrible. It's like a rugby thing almost. The the way guys are. Actually, I was reading that that thing recently that Courtney Love wrote about uh, the rock and the roll, rock and roll hall of fame. Rock. Yeah, it's what a lot of fucking bollocks that is. Do you know that I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I was looking around it. I was in Cleveland and, you know, there's limited things to do. And I was walking around the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I saw an exhibit and it was like Buddy Holly exhibit. And I was like, oh yeah, Buddy Holly is a seminal artist. And I was looking at it and they had his glasses and I was looking at his glasses and I thought, wait a fucking minute. Wasn't he wearing his glasses in the plane? <laughs> it's, these aren't his fucking, because they were intact. If they were his glasses, they surely would have been broken. I'm going to just throw this out there. And uh, this more than might one pair shake. of glasses? Yeah, he might have <laughs> more than one. I, I don't know. I, I'm not ah, sure. Ah, you cynic, you Scottish no, cynic. No, I think they went to a fucking eye doctor. So they went to a, like a spec saver or something. Just got, thing. Uh, give us a pair of the Buddy Hollies and we'll put it in the museum. When, we, when I was at school, we did a museum of space and we did man's first footprint on the moon we had a, a shoebox full of sand and somebody <laughs> somebody stood on it with their wellies and then that was it it that's was amazing. a man's first step on the moon it wasn't really that's it's, quite amazing no I'm sorry I think that's quite amazing are you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I am are you really? Yeah. you're one of the few women that are in it? Or is the band no, there's in it lots of women's articles and sort of testament to women to be right. fair and I actually loved my visit to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame I couldn't get over it I thought like the Public Enemy Exhibit was amazing, yeah, you know. I just was angry at the Buddy Holly glasses. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I get it. I mean, I've, I've, I'm just into music, so I was titillated, you know. But I think there is a real issue with the whole patriarchal view of history. I mean, we we're well, face, yeah. we face a problem. Yeah, for I think. Sure. It, the, I mean, there's definitely work being done on that. Yeah, a little bit spread it. Not out, enough, but, but enough I fascinating. love Chrissy Hines' take on it. Oh, I mean, who doesn't like, love her full stop? <laughs> she said, "Anyone who thinks the rock and roll of fame's getting to do with rock and roll knows fuck all about rock and roll." Which I thought, oh god, she's still fucking she's fantastic, tremendous. Were they? Were these the? Because we were talking about Susie Sue as well. Who? These are artists who were like a wee bit ahead of you chronologically. But they're the women that you kind of were looking up to when you were in Goodbye, Mr. McKenzie and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm really lucky because I sort of f fell in love with the, the sort of second generation of women artists. Right. And they were all, for the most part, kind of rock and rollers, you know, like Debbie Harry, Chrissy Hine, Patti Smith, even Stevie Nicks, you know. Stevie Nicks was awesome. I mean, yeah. yeah she she's was... real rock and roll yeah, bird I mean, at heart, you know, so. That's true, actually. I yeah. mean, that band, I mean, their, their music was very kind of accessible, but their lifestyle yeah, was, it was wild. Not. I know. So, yeah, I had, an I had amazing women to look up to. And they were the first generation of women who have been allowed to age. 
which is, again, something that hasn't happened really historically, is that women have been allowed to work. I think still these women still, I think the women still get it worse than men about aging. Like you still see that like articles that look at her now. And yeah, they, like, it's awful. I mean, they do it. They've done it to me and it's, it's, it's so gut wrenching when it happens. Do you ever meet Carrie Fisher? No, I've never met Carrie Fisher, although she was friendly with a lot of people I knew. Well, Carrie was a friend of mine. I was very friendly with Carrie right. and I, I loved her. And she, told, she talked to me about that. She said, I didn't think when I was 24 years old and I put on that metal bikini in Star Amazing. Wars that I was making a fucking contract to look like that for the rest of my life. And I would be shamed and put in the pillory for not looking like that when I was 50 years old. Yeah. And I, I get it. It's shockingly... It's it the last weird. bastion of, of open prejudice, I think. Is well, I wish age. it was the last bastion, but I think there's quite a few other bastions. Oh, no, I think there's... I say open prejudice. <laughs> uh, people try and kind of hide it a little bit. Mm. They go, oh, yeah, I'm very inclusive. But I don't... What they say now is they say it's woke. If they want to kind of say that they don't like you or they're, they're angry at what you think, they call you woke. Well, they call you woke when they feel a little guilty that you're aware that they're being an absolute asshole towards someone else. Yeah, I see, I, I, I'm I, very capable of being an absolute asshole. Well, look who you're talking to. I mean, <laughs> I'm really good at it too. But I mean, the stepping on people's necks currently, I really find it frightening, actually. I think you it's, think it's worse than it used to be? I do, yeah. Really? I mean, I think the world has always been awful, right? That's just how right. the world is. You're only happy when it rains. That's uh, true. I think it's pretty bad right now. I, re I really do. I think there's a very sort of just a right swing around the world, all over the globe. And it's allowed people to voice really horrible ideas about other people. The awful thing I think about it is that if you believe in free speech, which I kind of do, then I suppose you have to believe in the right of people to voice awful shit. Which is a shame. Yeah, I don't know. See, I I, I don't know if if you sh if freedom of speech is to allow people to spew hate. I think it's really dangerous. But I understand that it's it's, it's a very thin line, unfortunately. Is that, so? Who was it? Was it was it Rousseau or, or uh, I think it was Rousseau who said, "I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it." Sounds like Rousseau. Sounds French. It does. Sound yeah. French. And then, and then the, the French are, God bless them, they're mad again. They're setting, their garbage guys are on strike. They're setting fire to the town halls because they're raised, you know this? Raised the retirement, raised the retirement age, age yeah. from 62 to 64. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I love that about the French though. <laughs> I, like, I love that they don't take it sitting down. But the idea of to riot, so who's rioting then? The 62 year olds? Like, <laughs> we're so aggro. I'm so tired, but I've got one more riot in me. I'm going out. I burn oh, down the town God hall. bless him. Let's, yeah, let's see you roar. Great. I love it. I think That's it's great. Thing. I'm very envious of you in the fact that in your world, you get to play Paris and Madrid and mm. South America and all that because music is universal. And what I do is just, you know, like, no, I have to talk to people who understand what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, that's uh, true. I never I thought about it that's that way. horrible. Just it, go and learn a few languages. I thought about trying. Eddie, is does it? Mandarin. He, I'd like you to learn a little Mandarin. Do you know my son speaks Mandarin? See, it's great. Yeah, it's he's really good at Well, I don't know if he's really good at it because I don't speak at it, but, <laughs> but other people seem to... Amazing. To, yeah, Chinese people kind of talk to him and he talks back. That's the them. coolest ever, I think, because it's really hard. Mandarin? No, I wish I did. What do you speak then? Do you speak Chinese? I speak a little bit of French. Ah. Uh, that's because you're from it's Edinburgh. the old alliance. Yeah, the Scots older, and the French. Scots and the French against the English. Uh, do you go back to Scotland a lot? Because the I last do. time I saw you, 
was actually at Heathrow Airport or both getting off a plane. And yes, I, during COVID, oh, and there was right. nobody else on the train that's but right. you and me and my husband. That's but right. You were on the train, and my husband got on the train, and for some reason I was trolling behind. You nearly never got on the train. I know, and it was he like was holding the doors. doors, and I suddenly sort of pushed my way in, and I felt the annoyance of another, the only other passenger on the train, and to my horror, it was me. Kill and also, horror. Worse than it that, was it was a Scottish person. It's unbelievable. And Scottish people hate other Scottish people unless they're prepared. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You have Thanks. to be prepared for it. If you just like run into a Scottish person, oh, he fucking thinks he's oh, Scottish, but he's not really Scottish. It's so weird, isn't it? It is quite weird. But Megan says that to me. He's like, what the fuck is it with you guys? I'm like, I don't know. It's just no, we're the, just weird. We are very strange people. I love that though. Yeah. we're. we're I love the Scots. I can't help myself. They are, uh, they're odd. Would you ever go back there and live, do you think? I would. I've talked about it. After COVID, I went kind of mad here being living in LA. Right. And I just woke up one day and there was literally 24 helicopters buzzing around our like house and had been for hours and hours on end. There were people protesting in the streets. Right. And it was quite intense and heartbreaking. And then there was an earthquake. And I sat up, Ugh. bolt upright and shouted, I want to go home! Well, um, I did. And oh, yes, you did, of I course. I did. I went home and it's raining. Yes, it's raining. All the time. I could have told you that though, love. Time. It is always raining. And Are you, you know, still in that amazing house? No, I moved to another amazing house. Right. Do you want to buy the amazing house? Oh, I'm trying to sell that I amazing wish. house. You do realise what happens. Musicians don't make enough money anymore. That, no, I don't know if that's true. You guys Mid-level musicians, trust me, don't make enough. I, People look, think we're really rich because they think we're like Beyonce or The Weeknd. Right. It's not like that. Yeah, but, you know, well, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't know. I mean, that's not mid-level, though. I mean, like you're playing big. You're going to tour with Noel Gallagher we are. this year. I wouldn't describe either you or Noel Gallagher as... Like, that's top-tier fucking Well, it is top-tier, but it's still like a... I don't know. There's just a huge gulf between us, obviously, and baby bands who are really struggling. Yeah. And then us and those heavyweights that I've just mentioned. Like, they make hand over fist, you know, and that's not the case for us. Like, if we're not touring, we're not making money. Yeah, because records don't sell anymore, no. do they? They don't no. kind of... You can't make money. You can't make money through radio play like you used to. You just can't make any money unless you're getting your arse off the couch and, and go and traveling. actually play. Yeah, and it's it's hard work. It is, but it's it's also kind of interesting because the musicians that I tend to like, I love music and I well, love... you're a musician, to I be am, fair to I am, and you. I think like that. I even think like that when I'm writing stand up it has the the show has to run Musical, like a gig yeah. and I tour with Tomas who if he's not touring with me he's touring with Dinosaur Jr or or somebody I don't know if people all are cool, cooler than Dinosaur cool Jr artists. but like most of the people he deals with are like quiet and introspective and and I'm like hey hey <laughs> <laughs> same but, uh, but, yeah but but you're a rock star. I'm just a I'm just a vulgar lounge entertainer. That's but, why I love you. But the <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of I'm I think that the people that I tend to like, you are one of them. Oh. As an artist, you would do it if there was no money in it. Yeah, you know, it was I would. just it's what you do. Yep. And because I remember, I I did I tell you this? I toured with the Rolling Stones for a while. No, you haven't told me this. Yeah, I I was writing a script with Mick Jagger. 
Oh my God. How we, do I not know this story? Well, we never made the movie, but I, I got fired. But I was, I was <laughs> but I toured with him for a couple of months and it was on the Bridges to Babylon tour. So it was a while ago. But I remember watching Keith Richards, who became the focus of my fascination, yeah. not Meg. Meg's a, I'm not saying, I'm not comparing myself to Meg, but he's an entertainer. Yeah. He's, he's a like a show off, razzle dazzle yeah. show off man. But I became fascinated by Keith Richards, who, if he was playing a pub in South London, he'd be just as happy. Yeah, he's not. I, I don't think he really even sees that world. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's. That's what makes him so extraordinary. But that's what I think makes the bands. You, I mean, when you talk about Beyonce or The Weeknd, or I don't know anything really about those artists. I know they're huge and people love them, but it doesn't seem to me to be the same kind of thing. That's show business, and rock and roll and show business to me are a little different. Rock and roll is kind of like circus folk really you know it's kind of it's I think that's dis fair disreputable and but would, it's very out of vogue to be a sort of rock and roller it'll so come to back speak. around of course it will yeah I but mean, it's funny I, I once met Karanoa at a party from the lead singer of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and we were talking about rock music and I said to her something along the lines of you know oh god yeah I know but I really embarrassed to be a you know, a rock and roller. And she went, how can you possibly be embarrassed? We're like a dying breed. You are. You're fucking rock white and rhinos. Roll, being yeah. a rock and roller yeah. is the coolest. And I was like, it, it totally changed my kind of like view on it. It fucking is. I mean, it's like being like the women that you mentioned, Debbie Harry and Susie Sue. Incredible. And, uh, Chrissy Hine. I mean, these are fucking seminal artists. And I think that it transcends so much rock and roll when it's done right. Like, it's that feeling of, you know, I think it was the guy in Sun. What was the, what's the name of that guy that does a hit that runs, you know, that band Sun that did the really loud drone metal stuff? They're talking about absorbing the sound through your body, not just your ears, but like the whole fucking. That to me, rock and roll's like that. Since I saw Hawkwind when I was 13 years old at the Glasgow Apollo, just the fucking size of it. It's crazy, and you, I don't think you get that with, you know, the stadium shows. I don't think it's the same no, I, thing. No, I agree, but I think it's definitely out vogue to voice, you know, fury and and lust and, yeah. you know, even like unbridled joy. It's just uncool for some reason, and it's all this very contained pop music currently that people are really into. But everybody that you're ever going to meet has got streaks of, you know, darkness in them, and that's what. I love, I love what Robert Fripp said about rock and roll and pop. Do you ever hear that? No. He's incredible though. What He's, a weirdo. Oh, I mean, fucking he invented the, the uh, guitar solo style. I mean, but Robert Fripp said about, <laughs> said about rock, he said, the difference between pop music and rock and roll is that in pop music, people fall in love and kiss each other. <laughs> in rock and roll, someone's getting fucked. Amazing. <laughs> That is amazing quote. I love it. It's just when you say, you know, voice and lust and fury and uh, and that to me is, uh, that's the difference, I guess. And so let me take you on a journey, oh, if I may. You may. Back to the, we were talking briefly about the Columbia Hotel. In, in London, you're in talking London. about. In London, yeah. When I stayed there, when I was drumming in bands, it would be like, the, I guess the early to mid 1980s. Which you would have been... Oh, I was there. You were kicking off with Goodbye Mr. McKenzie at that time, right? Yeah. We were, uh, like, they were a 
sizable band yeah. in the UK at that time. Yeah, they were. They were doing well. And that hotel, that's where everyone used to go and like, Oh, it's the rock and roll hotel, it right? It was. It was like it. London's, I guess. Riot Hyatt. Riot Hyatt, Riot, or Riot Hyatt, whatever it was. I got into a fight there once. You were very unruly when you were young. I, I mean, you're not unruly enough now. No, but I got into a fight with Mark Almond's manager. Oh, wow. How did you manage that? I don't know. I can't I remember. I, it wasn't really a proper fight. I think it was a lot of pushing and shoving and, and stuff. <laughs> but I think but, we were both out of shape and a bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a lot of, oh, fuck you, fuck you. Aye, aye. But that, and I remember... People in the bar of that hotel getting really twisted. Oh. A lot. Did you do a lot of that? We did a lot of that. I mean, my first band, Goodbye Miss McKenzie, was wild. Like proper wild. Yeah, like proper they were. rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Lifestyle. Punk rock, really. Punk rock. Yeah. And everything has been very tame ever since, to be honest. Even our wildest days in garbage had nothing on Goodbye Mr. McKenzie. But yeah, being in that bar, I can still really remember that bar in the Columbia Hotel. Yeah, and the curtains, too. the weird curtains and the, horrible, oh, the carpet. Yeah. And the, the carpet was, it was like, it wasn't really a carpet. It was just like old beer and semen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just actually going to go somewhere like that myself, but you're right. Oh, very crusty. It was awful. But I think that the anecdotal part of that I, I mean I suppose things move on but does that still exist for young musicians yeah. and young of course people are still does. doing that yeah although I, it's apparently the new generation are a lot are risk averse you know they're just not as wild as we all used to be they're right. a bit more they know a lot more that's they're probably all a bit okay more, but yeah. there's still of course there are still wild sides to to the rock and roll business I know? feel I feel sorry for the younger generation because everything is documented so every mistake they make there's it's there they, it's there forever you know but that's I mean, why I think they do temper themselves a little more than we yeah. did I mean I would take my top off in the bar you know at the Columbia Hotel just mm -hmm. to be a brat well, I'm so you, glad you call no it being a brat. We, everybody else would say, "Isn't she a great hey, girl?" Not a great girl, but you know, a big show off. Yeah, like, yeah. Like shocking first. I don't know why I did that, but I did it, and now I don't think there's that many. That you can't do that anymore. I think also, kids. I don't know. I mean, because I'm, a, I'm kind of at the get off my lawn age, but. I, I kind of see the younger generation. I think they're great. I actually think they're I great. I think they're great too. They're, 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 they challenge and they're fucking, they're difficult and they're annoying. So that's good. Everything is good in that respect. But I feel sorry for them because they are risk averse a little bit. That they are a little, they police themselves a little too yeah, much. Yeah, and they're all worried apparently. There's a lot of anxiety and depression. I and I don't know, God, we're getting very dark today. No, I don't know. But I've... I feel bad for them. And and they're not having as much sex as we used to have. That's another weird yeah. sort of twist to the They'll tale. They'll probably avoid the uh, antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> but the, They might not need the antibiotics. Right, that's what I was thinking. But it was an odd environment, I suppose. It was very kind of back and alien. And it... I wonder, now here's an interesting thing, because I thought if I was looking at that now and I, if I had a daughter in that environment that I was in, so when you were a young girl, I'd be like, oh, I don't know how I'd feel about that. You, I mean, you would, you are tough and I think that's okay, but I think there were girls there who weren't tough who were like, that'd be fucking scary. There were some bad guys around. 
Yeah, I mean, there's still bad guys around. Yes, there are. You know? That's true. I don't think that's changed any, unfortunately. No. The percentage of, you know, dudes that want to hurt girls is perplexing to me. I don't understand it. It's really beyond my understanding. Well, those, I mean, those people, are. I, that's a different thing. I mean, yes, they exist. But what I'm thinking more is just the, the general kind of uh, blokery. Uh, yes, of, it's of it, gross. Know. I mean, it, it, there is still that, unfortunately, in the music industry. It's really bad, actually, but it's not quite as bad as it was in the 80s. Yeah. I think that it's funny. I get out of it very quickly. I mean, I, I was out of it. By the time I was 21, I, was, I wasn't drumming anymore. Wow, wild. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like, wish I could say the same. I well, never got out of it, really. Well, I think that I, I, I regret getting out of it. Though. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, and then I see how much a drummer makes now, and I'm like, yeah, you know. Yeah, you've made right. a good choice. <laughs> hey, right. everybody. Yeah, let's look it's at your bank account. Hey! Oh, cheeky monkeys. Well, it's very free still, if you want it to be, being a musician. Yeah. You can really live pretty freely, and that's the greatest gift. Does anyone live free, though, if we're all taking video of each other all the time, though? That's getting very profound. Well, I know, but it's just like we fucking volunteered to be in this fucking Big Brother society. We don't even need Big Brother. We do it to our fucking selves. Yeah. It, it's like you, you volunteer to... We live in this giant fucking neighborhood watch scheme. We do, and yet there, there's, there's so much content now and there's so much testimony I don't know if you're any more, you know, I feel like you're as anonymous as you always were. I mean, who fucking cares, yeah? I don't care. It's like, fucking, I don't care if you're watching me or filming me. I really don't give a toss. Right. Well, that's because you're a rock and roll star. But if you were applying for a job in Denny's, they're going to fucking Google you when you turn up. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then yeah, they look see at your you Instagram with your account. top off in the yeah. bar and the club. And, and they're like, nanosecond. Oh. You know, I think she should be actually the hostess. <laughs> but, <laughs> so bad. But it's it's kind of... No, I see what you're saying. It, yeah. I, I think it's it's a shame. But I, I don't know what you do about it. Just I, don't I, put your tits or your arse or your cock on the internet. Or, well, that's... It's really pretty simple. Uh, but once it's done, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, though. So God. are you tour, Are you going back to South America we and all are. that kind of stuff? Yeah. Do you live inside the the bubble of the tour? No. Or do you make, do you force yourself out in the I always world? insist on going out and I literally send our security guard into like mad anxiety. He can hardly handle it. But I'm like, I want to go and do this and I want to do that and I want to see this. And, and yeah, I'm a huge culture whore. So I'll go anywhere and do anything, and he just has to keep up with me. And he's do you think that helps in in the in the business of of writing and creativity to do that? Because I always think that if you start writing songs about how great you are and how much money you have, uh, you lose me a little bit yeah. as an audience member. But I think it's really inspiring. I mean, I I just think about our last record, which is arguably the most political I've ever gotten. It's not even that political, but it was inspired by going to South America and seeing what was going on in Chile. And basically the people's uprising because they just couldn't take the disparity between the rich and the poor any longer. And they went out into the streets and they fucked shit up and they eventually got change in their constitution, which was so inspiring to me. It was really moving. And I would never, ever have had that experience had I not gone down there. Yeah. So were you there when it was kicking yeah, off? when it was kicking off. And it was wild. And I saw shit that I will never recover from, to be honest. Well, violent shit? Yeah, really crazy stuff. We were in traffic. We we're stuck in traffic because it was crazy, and there were literally millions of people in the streets. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, we passed a police station and they were blaring music and you heard someone screaming above the blaring music and and then the government was, you know, they didn't have clean water and they weren't giving people access to clean water. If you weren't rich, couldn't afford water and we were driving through this Chilean countryside just outside Santiago and there was just fields of dead horses because they couldn't. And it was really heavy, you know, like that is just heavy, heavy stuff. And it was just because they had a corrupt government that believed that it was fine for the the poor to suffer as long as they had their wealth. And and it just put into highlight to me how insane capitalism is and how this just obsession with money and power is. This is an official invitation to the Fancy Rascal stand-up show. I, Craig Ferguson, will be performing this fall in your region. You can buy tickets and check out the full list of dates at thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. See you there. Or not. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. That's interesting that you would say that capitalism is insane because it, it kind well, of... Well, the it, type of ca- capitalism that we have. Right. I I'm not anti-capitalist, but... It's an interesting thing, though, because I remember when I was very young, because I'm from Glasgow and you're from Edinburgh, and I always thought people from Edinburgh had more money 
than people from Glasgow. And I think it's a kind of broad stroke rule of thumb. But it was that's, a richer city, that's true. Yeah, it's it was probably a bank true. capital. And and then also just that time in, in the eighties, that that kind of was true. And then so I had been always raised in a very like my grandfather was a red Clydesider and all that kind of stuff. So I was a very socialist ethos in, in everywhere I looked. And the first time did you ever go to Russia when the Soviets were in charge? Because go Wild. I, I, I wild. never did. I my sister did, but I never did. I only went after it kicked off and everything went crazy kind of gangsterism over in like the post Soviet boom, capitalism boom. And I remember being there and someone saying talking about capitalism and saying, the problem with capitalism is that it requires a reasonably honest police force. And if the it doesn't doesn't have to be 100% honest, but it has to be reasonably honest. And if it's not reasonably honest, you've got Chicago in the 1920s or Moscow in the 1990s. Or it sounds to me like, I don't know anything about Chile. Yeah. But, but, but I feel like that's interesting. If there's a crisis, not government, police. If there's a crisis in police, then you've got a crisis in society because people don't trust the police or if, they, or if the police aren't trustworthy or both, then that's when you get real fucking problems in capitalists or any society, yeah. I suppose, when you think about and it. And then when you mix that with police yeah. and government, yeah, you know, you're in a lot of trouble. Are you an American citizen? I am. It's funny because I think when you become a citizen, you're allowed to participate in that. When I, before I was a citizen, I would never talk about any politics here. I don't really talk about it now, actually, because I, I'll talk to you about it because we're talking, but I would never in the act talk about politics. I wouldn't do it. But you're also, you were in real mainstream, like, entertainment. And I don't know if you're, you certainly in this country, are you inadverted commas tolerated? It's not tolerated, you know? I think know? it is, actually. I think, I think if you look at what I was doing then, like I was in late night. But you were there to make people feel good, yeah? If you yeah. tossed on about politics, you would have lasted a five minutes. All the late night shows are all political now. They all, they're all political. I mean, like, the whole thing is, is and to even if I was still doing it, to not be political would be seen as being political. They would assume you were right wing unless yeah. you were like being... Yeah, it's a very different climate. It is. It's a, well, I think it started... Were you watching the TV run about 2016? Because <laughs> 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 I think it kicked off around then. Yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, things have just got so polarized, polarized and crazy and unreasonable. Yeah. You know, when you talk about reasonable police, we don't currently have a reasonable police force. We don't even have reasonable political parties. They're both unreasonable as far as I'm concerned, the think, right and the left. I think it goes all the way across. I mean, I think if you if you think about it, I had friends in, in my life. I still do have friends in my life. I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, one or two. <laughs> I have friends in my life and people who I think are fucking idiots and their views are shit and I, they're just, you know, what they think, uh, how the world it's should beyond. be run is, is awful but they're my friend. What are you going to do? So, you know, you just I just don't bring that up when I'm talking to them. And I wonder, I wonder if that is dying out with the sense of the, if you have the algorithm that only in your, if your friendships or your interactions socially are fueled by your phone or your, it's just your phone. Let's not talk about computers. It's your fucking phone. So all your interactions are informed by the algorithm will show you this because this is what it wants you to see. Uh, you're being led away from discourse and led into 
you know, one-sided yeah. fury. Yeah, yeah, and and the inability to debate. Computers can't debate. There's ones or zeros, so they don't have. They talk about AI, but AI is fucking bullshit. It's a lie. I don't think well, it's it not. Can it's work. not a lie. It's a bias. There's a difference. right. Right. Okay. Yeah. You're right. It's it's it, it does exist, but it doesn't have that thing. It's pop music versus rock and roll. It's sure you listen through your ears, but but not really. I mean, you talk to a deaf person, will go to a rock and roll show and and love it because you feel it. You know, you well, feel they, the whole they do. thing. <laughs> yeah. What? But I don't think computers do. I think computers just hear it. Do you know what I mean? It's like you. It's it's like it's one. It's only using some of the of the equipment, but not all of it. Well, indeed. And but it's I think getting that, there, trust me. Yeah. It's really getting scary. I don't. I, I think, I, I also think the internet is a phase that will go the way of CB radio. Yeah, well, let's hope so. <laughs> it's never coming back. Although, yeah. I mean, it's really handy for so many things. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. So I, I kind of love, love it for, too. Oh, I love it for some things, yeah. And I love it for, you know, like, I love a, a good, you know, dog that can balance a plate oh, on its right. head and stuff. I'm, I'm fine obsessed with, with the animal videos. It's actually really worrying. I might need to go and see somebody about it. No, it, do you know what that is? Oh, anxiety? Sadness? It, it's it's part of the aging process. Oh now. yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I just love animal videos. Yeah, I so do I. It. I don't, so do I. And I, I even have animals that I don't like yeah. in my house. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, have no, dogs, really right? Bad. You have an adult. I have a really old dog and I'm obsessed by her and I don't know what I'm going to do when she decides she's already halfway out the door Yeah, and I want to follow her it's literally that insane mm, I understand that yeah. but here's the thing because do you remember Cabbage the French bulldog that yes, we had yes of course Cabbage sadly shuffled off this mortal coil about two years ago oh I'm so and it was, sorry it was bad like she lost an eye first oh and god yeah she was I mean she was a rescue dog because French bulldogs shouldn't really exist, I don't think. There's a weird There's kind something of... Something very odd has yeah. happened there. And then she had like an extra nipple and a weird ass and she was runty. And Milo, my oldest boy, used to say, nine nipples, zero fucks. <laughs> but when she died, I thought, oh, well, that's... That's, that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. And now we have Seamus. Fabulous. Who's a Jack Russell Terrier. <gasps> they're my favorite breed of dog. Oh my God. They're fucking crazy. They're, they're full on. Do you know the difference they're between wild. a Jack Russell and a French Bulldog? French Bulldog people kiss and fall in love. Jack Russell, somebody's getting fucked. <laughs> 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 I mean, they are fucking crazy. Yeah, they're, they're not crazy. They're just they don't Full give a fuck. On yeah. And they, yeah, they don't give a fuck and they're wild. I mean, they're hunters. That's yeah. what they were bred to do. They'll right? go down a hole to yeah, get Yeah, they will. Some. And they'll kill it and bring it back to you. Yeah, covered go, in blood. Yeah. Going good, And lick eh? your face. Good. Yeah. Now, what kind of dog is your dog? Jack Russell Mix. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm thinking. But she's got a wee bit chihuahua in her, so she's quite docile. But she was wild when she was young. Well, so were you. Yeah, well, exactly. I was, are you wild or, Are you wild now? Do you still a bit wild? I am not wild, but I do notice that I'm, I really, really don't give a fuck. And that is a wildness in itself. That's and also that's part of the way aging worse. process. Yeah, of yeah. course. Of course. I love that. It's one of the good things about it. Well, I don't know. It's, it's been really great for my career. I wouldn't have had this long a career if I was docile. No, but you, but you were... On you, a beast. But you had to be. Yeah. You had to be. I mean, you were, a, you were... When I first saw you perform, you're a young woman 
in this particularly aggressive period of music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the, all the energy was big and loud and noisy and right, we was... are tough. Everybody, <laughs> we are so tough. Big fucking open E chords and fucking tom-tom drums and we are very tough. And you were part of that. So of course you are. Of course you you become like that. I think it's great that you're still doing it. I don't know, though. Sometimes when I come home from dinner parties and things like that, I'm always <laughs> having the conversation with my husband and it's like, did I did I embarrass myself tonight? You know? No, no I'll always say, did I embarrass you tonight? And he'll always say, no, you just embarrassed yourself. See, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's really but good. But what I know, because I don't know Billy very well, but what I know about Billy is, is this. He, uh, he's slightly care. embarrassed all the time. <laughs> no, it's quite the opposite. Is it really? Yeah, which is why I married I just, him. He's quiet. He's though. so he, quiet. He's got a calm air about I him. want to be like more like Billy, though, and I have learned to like chill a wee bit because of him. Like He is, never gives himself away socially. Now, I know you well enough to know that you give yourself away like I do oh, over I just, and over I and over again, right? I just run into the right? room and start crying. So do I. Right. Same thing. Yeah. And he's just like always like, he just listens to people. And I find that astounding. Yeah. Because I'm I, a broadcaster. Yeah, I think he, I think it's dignity it's really or something. It's dignity yeah. and, uh, and it's uh, powerful. And I'm just like, I like a big messy Labrador licking everybody's faces. And, <laughs> you know. But, but at the same time, it, it takes all sorts. And, of course it does. And Clearly, Billy, Billy is fond a, of you. Yeah, he loves me to death. Well, of course but he'd he be does. a very, very pitiful lead singer. He'd be crap. Yeah, it wouldn't be the you same. You wouldn't want to watch that. No. That would be shite. You would <laughs> <laughs> be really shite. Yeah. I could, I, you know, I struggle with that sometimes when bands, when I watch a band and the, the singer's sh like shy and their hair's in front of their face. I'm like, hey, hey, people at the fucking back have paid too, pal. Come on! <laughs> Let's fucking see it. Eyes and teeth. Let's go. But we grew up with the Bruce Forsyth show. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's our style. But I'd love to be a floppy, shy singer at the front. I mean, I'd yeah. love to be like that mysterious and everyone going, oh, she's so cool. So cool and mysterious. So mysterious. People do think you're cool and mysterious. They don't think Nobody you're mysterious. Nobody thinks I'm mysterious. No, Nobody I thinks I would, I'm very cool. I think cool. that would be a reach. But, but, but I'm people... not cool. I'm fucking white hot. Mm. You know what I mean? I, okay, uh, okay, but I think look, if I had a if I had a No, you look. What? No, you look. <laughs> you look at this. If I had if I had a daughter, I don't, but if I had a daughter, I'd want her to be like you. I'd want her to be confident and like, fuck you. Let's and, get my dad on the phone, shall yeah. we? Yeah. See, Baba, your dad's an interesting dude. Yes, he is. You know, your dad was the correct me if I'm wrong. I will. Uh, which you've never fucking been shy about <laughs> doing that ever before. But your dad was the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland. Is that right? No, I don't know if that's true. He certainly was a member of that. The group of elders there. Correct. Of that he was church. an elder there, yeah, that which participated it, it, in all that nonsense. Which is a, he did a pretty cool thing though, didn't he? Wasn't he involved in the recognition of gay marriage within that church? Well, he certainly voted for that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's he's good. a good man, my dad, and he's a bit punk rock unto himself. Let me just put it this way. He just recently told me he was planning his funeral. Right. I am not involved. I'm not allowed to be involved. <laughs> my other two sisters are involved. Do you get to go? That's what I said to him. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah. am I invited to yeah, this yeah, event? Yeah. And he's also written his own obituary. Who good does that? Who does that? That's a pretty cool thing. It's not it? cool. It's silly. As I said to him, dad, 
if you've written your own obituary, that's real all good, you know. But I will survive you, and I will. I can write you. I can write over your obituary. That's true. It's kind of a waste. It's a he control. Looked very, very cross when I said that. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a control. Yeah, issue, and I was I roaring with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> but he's clearly a very religious man. He kind of his faith got shaken during COVID. Oh. It was That's really wild to watch. This is a man I grew up with. He was my Sunday school teacher. And during COVID, his faith kind of deserted him a little. It was wild. It's coming back now, I notice. Why would COVID of all things He do that? felt like, well, it's interesting you should say that because he felt really disillusioned by organized religion. He felt like the church just left people to it. Like left them right. alone, didn't support them, didn't find money to bring to the poor. Literally, I mean, right? I don't know. It sent them off into this weird. Like we were really shaken by it. Like, what's happened to Dad? Yeah, Is he going to the devil? <laughs> <laughs> did, but you did you become religious? No, God, no. Well, where are you in the whole God thing? I I don't believe in anything really. I That's think, very religious. Is it? Yes. Yes, I think that's a very religious thing what to do, say. What on earth do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. If you are, would you describe yourself as an atheist? Um, Maybe. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting tricked here. No, no, no. no I, I would, no, I'm not I would say, to yes, no, I, I would say, yeah, I would say I'm an atheist. See, I think atheism is the most fundamental religious stance that a human being can take. And what do you mean by that, though? Well, what I mean is this. What you're saying is, I know. Socrates, wrong. Einstein, wrong. St. Francis of Assisi, wrong. All of you people in, in human history that believed in God, you're all wrong. I'm right. Ooh. That's an atheist position. But I don't disagree with Einstein or Socrates. They both believed in God. Right, I see what you're saying. Well, we have a difference of opinion. Right, they were wrong. Well, here's my feeling about religion. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, actually. It's an interesting point, and you've sent me spinning, and I'm going to be good, thinking about because, this all day. Good, but, I'm glad. But I can't help but think religion has been designed by men yep. who cannot accept that they really are not that important. And I it's totally a, agree it's a with that. complete construct. And so it's really hard for me to tune into that and, and fall in line with it, you know? Yes, I agree with that, and I think you're right. But what I also think is religion is not God. Religion true. is religion. Yes. And God... But you asked me if I was religious. I did, and so you've tricked me and you won the day. <laughs> I did. But I also asked, do you believe in God? Or if I didn't, I meant to. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe in God? I believe in dogs. Yes, and they're like of gods. Of course, yeah, of so course. So I guess I do, somewhere... Somewhere in my, I, think, I, I mean, I believe in nature, right? That to me is the, the the only thing really I can believe in with any certainty. And of dogs, dogs yeah. and nature. Dogs are part of nature, of course they are. And and also, I think that is to me that's more to do with God than you know the the idea of angry Santa on a cloud. Do you go to church? I I don't, but I built one. What? Well, we moved okay, houses. You're getting for, right weird on me now. Yeah, no, no, I'm a little weird. I get it. <laughs> I, it's not that I built one. It's that we moved house in Scotland. We moved to a place that had a bit more land because we wanted to keep some horses, right? Ooh. And the place that we bought had an old, broken down 
chapel type building on it. And during COVID, I had nothing to fucking do. So I kind of looked at YouTube videos of carpentry and painting and stuff. And I thought, that little chapel thing, I'm going to put it back. And uh, and I so and I'm not a religious person at all. I'm not in part of any organized religion at all. But I thought, well, what harm could it do? Put the little building back. Then I found a little bell. So I put the bell in the church tower. Me and a local joiner, we got up there and put oh, the bell gorgeous. in. And, and it's a beautiful little church. And the guy who works on the the place where the works on the estate, he's a he's very Scottish. And he said, What church is that? Because he he's a, he's from a slightly different like I was raised in a Protestant, like you. Yeah. And he was raised as Catholic, Catholic, which in Scotland is, you know, it's a big or was a big deal. I hope it's not so much. Still is for some people. But he said to me, so uh, what is it then? I said, what do you mean, what is it? I said, well, is it Church of Scotland or the proper one? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, it's a non-denominational Church of Scotland. And he said, that's no a church. I said, it fucking is now. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So, I like that. So it's just a, it's a, but I got some pews. I bought wow. some pews and I put them in and like, there's no imagery from anybody's religion, but there's some places to sit and some books and stuff. Place to be. Yeah. I like that. I, the first book I put in, it was Young's Red Book. How fantastic. Yeah. So, which is all different religious yeah. imagery and stuff like that. Do you, when you travel, do you go to local churches? Because I do all the time. I don't, actually. I should do that. I used to kind of do that a little bit in Europe. I haven't done it in America so much. Well, yeah, they're not quite as grand as they are in Europe. Yeah, well, yeah, when you do that. So like when you go to South... So you're seeing a lot of Catholic churches then for a Protestant. Yeah, a lot of cathedrals and I love it. I have to say, like, I don't know why I'm drawn to it. So there must be some weird, like, pool for, for me with religion of course of course because the impulse look capitalism in and of itself is not evil but people can use it for evil religion in and of itself i don't believe is evil no, but of I course it's evil. used although it was constructed to control the the people the poor that's that's where religion basically began was a way of control i said at least in I don't like know if I relatively I, modern history. I think I think in modern times I think that's true. But I think the impulse to try and figure it out or or to recognize the larger thing, I, I don't know about that. I don't think so. I think when the when the Roman Empire co opted Christianity, I think that was a power move oh, for yeah, sure. That was a hundred percent. Um and certainly a lot of a lot of different religions have done that but I'm not so sure about it anymore I used to be a lot sure about it and I'm not like as I built my wee church and I thought well who am I oppressing here I'm like well nobody I just (laughs) hired a local joiner to help me put the bell up (laughs) who am I oppressing witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, 
even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. I don't want to oppress anybody. I don't, you don't. I don't want to. Even people I don't agree with. What then? What is your relationship to? Like, why are you a comedian? Because that is a that is some. You're know, strange... honest truth. I don't. I fell into it. I think that. Yeah, but you've been doing it long enough. I have been doing it for a long time. I think that I just it was very forgiving of a lifestyle that I had when I started. The you know you could be fucking hammered and late. And and still kind of get by. Certainly in the early days, you can't now. Like you've just finished a tour here in North America. Mm-hmm. I like doing it. No, I love doing Why it. Why do you like doing it? I I it's my instrument. It's my band. It's my it's my guitar. It's I, it's my Keith Richards. It's like I I play the guitar. I go there and I play it. It's but what I do. What is it doing? It's fulfilling a. <laughs> An emotional and financial need, I think. Well, aside from the finances, I mean, you have to make a living. Right. As you've gotten older, surely you must have a different idea of why you do what you do than you did when you were younger. No? I do. I feel alive when I do it. Do you remember uh, the movie Chariots of Fire? Of course. It's great, beautiful Edinburgh feeling in that movie. And when Ian Charlson, who plays, I can't remember the athlete. Ian. Uh, yeah, oh, God yeah, damn it. The runner. Yeah, the runner. The beautiful Scottish runner who wouldn't run on a Sunday. Ian Little? Yes, I think, it, I think it was something like that. He wouldn't run on a Sunday. That was the story that he was a Scottish athlete, the Olympics in the 1920s. Right. He wouldn't run on a Sunday because of his faith. And somebody asked him about it. His sister is what it was, says in the movie, it's a great line in the movie, because he wanted to be a missionary in China. And in fact, he did become a missionary in China and died there. But he says this line about 
running and about China. His sister says, you should be a missionary. And he said, I know. He said, I believe God made me for a purpose. And that purpose is China. He said, but when I run, I feel his pleasure. Oh, how beautiful. Uh, it's great, isn't yeah. it? And I feel like, I feel a little bit like I'm connected to something when I do stand up. But you must enjoy. Do you feel that when you're performing? Of course I do. But yeah, of course. Like as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, I'm actually in service. I'm basically, you know, I'm here to make people feel better than when they walked in tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's and then when all, it, it's good. gotten clearer and clearer for me that, oh, that's my service. And right. this is such a great thing to do. It's a purpose for me. Right. And I just imagine that if you, you literally are going on stage to make people laugh, it's the same thing, that connection with people's it is. It's a sense of purpose, which I is think. like which is like organized religion, in a way. It's it is. I'm not. I I'm not conflating, by the way, what we do with practicing, you know, organized faith. I'm not deigning to do that. I I I, I just mean the it purpose has parallels. is similar. So I, think yeah. it's a, I think it's a good. I think it's an interesting way to look at it because there are parallels. There are little rituals. You know, there are little things that make people feel comfortable. You go to the merch table. You get a, a warm <laughs> beer and a plastic glass. There's your communion. You go into the room. It smells of weed and and sweat. And you know, yeah, and bum. Yeah, <laughs> you, you hear the, the <laughs> of the amps before the music starts going through them. There, there are rituals. There's the the whole thing of we were talking about this earlier. Actually, that. The idea of the encore for rock acts is like, will they do an extra song? I think they will. I oh, think we I know. know they'll do it's an so extra. annoying. I keep saying to my band, let's not do an encore tonight, please. Can we just do the set? Right. And they're like, no, no, no. We have no, you to, gotta no, do no, it. No, we have to do the encore. And I can't stand an encore. Unless it's really warranted. I mean, there's occasionally, and I can count the the warranted times, maybe five times in my whole career, right. where we really warranted an, an encore. Yeah, I, I know. It's but, so dumb. But... You know, when I was going to see bands when I was a kid, and I assume you were doing the same, when the band did an encore, it was like when they came on and said, good evening, Glasgow or Edinburgh. This is our favorite town to play in. And you'd be like, it is their favorite town to play in. They <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, really true. It, it feel, you feel like it, it feels special. It's part of being live with the band. It's not TV. It's not a record. No, it's very special yeah. life. But it's when I was younger, I guess I thought it was all about me. And I, what I'm trying to get at is just that idea as, I, as I've gotten older and older, it's so not about me anymore. It's like you're making, if your challenge, Shirley Ann Manson, is to make people feel good tonight. And let's see if you can do it. And it feels like a challenge to me. And when when I step out into a hostile audience, I'm like in my brain, I'll win you over. Oh, I'm going to make you feel I good. I love that. And as it's well. such a great I feeling. I know. I fucking know that. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. It's and weird. I think only twisted would, Scottish people would <laughs> no, think like I think, this. I think people who are true performers respond to that. Like I, I, I noticed that with, like in my business, it's comedians, but I, I've seen it with rock stars too or rock musicians even, or any musician, that you go out in front of an audience and you fail badly. And then you go and do it again. And you go and do it again. And I think, I, do I like this? I don't like it. I, but, this, but I like it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's something in it I fucking like. Yeah, it's really sick. The failure. It's weird. It is weird. You know, it's like, that's now when I look at young performers and they go on YouTube and they don't fail because they 
they make the little bit and they put it out and it's good. They're not standing in front of, you know, 300 drunk Glaswegians who are, it's not even a comedy club. It's like, all right, that's a disco stomp for a minute and now here's some asshole thinks he's funny. And, and then you, like, they're not cheering when you walk on. I think what you do is really scary. It's really, really scary. So I would imagine the adrenaline rush must be so intense. Do you know, it's funny now. Now, I wonder, do you get an adrenaline rush when you're you're on stage? Not really, not anymore. No, I see, I don't either. Yeah, I, I go to a different, I get yeah, it's calm. A, yeah, it's a different thing. It's like, I remember once, when I was years and years and years and years ago, I read an interview with Michael Jackson. And it was you know, about how weird he was. It was an article about how weird he was. And there was one or two of those. And, and certainly he, he had was some weird. things going on. But in the interview, he said he felt so comfortable performing that he could sleep on stage. And I remember at the time thinking, that is the strangest fucking thing I've ever heard. What a twisted, crazy mind. And now, when I get on stage now, I'm like... Ready for a snoozle. I'm like, <laughs> not quite, but I relax. Yeah. It's like now I can, it's like getting into the bath or something maybe. I'm but it's like, been good at something. Yeah, right? Because when you're is. young, you don't know that you can do something really until you've done 10,000 hours of it. And then you're like, I can That's do this. That's just what Tony Hawk was saying the other day when he Is was here. Really? Yeah, he was talking about the 10,000 hours. I love Tony Hawk. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's fantastic. He really is He's fantastic. a very, very interesting dude. And that, that same thing, there's another guy. In order to do what he did, you got to fail. Over and you over and over again. You have to fail, 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 fail. What I think is, is a little bit of a, I worry for the younger generation is they don't get to fail. And you got to, you've, because at some point you're going to fail, uh, but you don't get to fail in private. You don't get to fail in the dark little comedy club. You don't get to fail without someone filming it. You know yeah, what I mean? Your, humi your humiliation is yeah, on, online it's, for it's everyone to see. It's there. Your failure is permanent. But they also have this strange attitude I've noticed, and it's, I've seen it with some of the young ones in my life, is like they think they should be the CEO of any company that they, you know, they, they get yeah. a job as a tea and coffee runner. And right. they're literally like, well, when am I going to get a promotion after like two weeks? It's like, yeah. uh, no, you, you really have to just stick you're, in there, kid. No, you're going to be there for a while. Yeah. It's like you're going to be fighting Mark Almond's yeah. manager in the Columbia Hotel. Yeah, but they've got this weird twisted idea of what of doing well is and they all think they should be famous and I know. have tons of followers and be influential. It's really strange. It's, no. it's, it's not good. And it's been around for a while. I remember seeing a trailer for Justin Bieber, the Justin Bieber movie, when he was about 18. And there was this, I didn't watch the movie. because I watched it, I saw it. I'm not in the demographic, but. I'm, I'm not, not either, but it's, it's actually really worth Oh, no, watching. I heard it was a good movie, but I was watching the trailer. And in the trailer, which is, of course, not the movie, this voiceover says, they said he'd never make it. And I'm like, well, how long did they say that? Because well, exactly. he's fucking 16. Oh. And you're like, who said it? Like, his oh, teacher nonsense. said it? Yeah. I mean, who said it? That, that, that's fucking ridiculous. That everything has to be an epic and everything has to be, you know, Madison Square Garden Massive. by the time you're 18. I'm yeah. like, no, you don't understand. It should be Keith Richards, Madison Square Garden, or the fucking dog and duck in Eel Pie Island. Doesn't matter. You've got the guitar in your hand. I noticed a weird thing though at the Oscars this year, where Lady Gaga performed. Uh huh. And I actually thought it was really clever of her. Like she just. I'm a fan stripped. of her. Yeah. I, I think she's great. Yeah, me too. Um, but she took off all her makeup and was just in sort of like how we dress. You know, right. like how we dress when we were young like right. just jeans and a t-shirt right no makeup you know and 
But then she tells this wee story before she starts singing, which is, you know, I wrote this song in my basement and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, oh, hold on a minute. We all know Lady Gaga is fucking loaded, right? And she right. lives in a mansion. Right. And she wrote that song in this timeline that we're all aware of. Like, we all know that you became famous 10 years ago at this point. Right. And so the basement that you're writing your song in is in the basement of a huge mansion. Right. But the story isn't beautiful, right? So our stories, all of us, came from a generation where people, we really did make records and write in disgusting, like, oh. Midri Street basements. Yeah. And it's cool, right? But this new generation, they don't have that poetry because everything goes so fast. They're famous within a nanosecond, really. And then if they're smart and they've got good material, they'll stay on top till right. they get bored of it, in a way. I just thought this was really interesting, like, it, it construct is. again of, like, authenticity and, you know, punk rock ethos, which they clearly admire, but they've had no, they've not had any contact with it. I so, wonder if... Am if, I making any sense? I'm yeah, not sure if yeah, I'm making totally. any sense. I, I make a total... It, it, I, I'm, I'm just kind of yes and in you. I wonder if that the ones that really are involved in the poetry, you and I don't know about them. Yeah. They're well, hiding indeed. from us Well, right we know now. that for a fact. Yeah, they're, they're in basements in Akron, Ohio, or Detroit, Michigan, or fucking, you know, New York, or New Jersey, or Glasgow, or Edinburgh, and we don't know about well, I'm them. not saying they don't exist. Right. I'm just saying how interesting it was to have this huge star pretend that they were smaller than they were. It was just... I can't explain. I really can't articulate this because it's just come to me as we were speaking. No, no, but I, I just thought it was fascinating. I think you, I think you are articulating it very well, and I think it is fascinating. I think what it is is that at a certain point, I got to this in my own life, and I wonder if it happened to you. When garbage was at the absolute fucking the supersonic part of your career, and we all know. Any of us who have survived more than six months in this business know that that comes and it goes Woo! and it comes and it goes and it's quite a fucking ride. And that's part of the fun. Yeah. But I want, there was a point in my life where I went, I, I was walking across, I'll tell you what it was actually, I was walking across the tarmac to an airplane that I owned and I thought, Whoa. you know what? I, I don't think this is For right. me. I don't think this is right. I don't think this is I don't think this is as cool as I thought it was gonna be. I think that I think sixteen year old me would be impressed, but I'm fucking fifty-two and this is not cool. See, this is why I love you because you're the only person I've ever heard say that kind of stuff to me. Because I, I, I feel a wee bit like that. I and in fact I was just talking about this yesterday. When we were at the peak of our height of success. I was embarrassed because I thought yeah. my teenage self would think I was a fucking arse piece. Yeah. It's cheesy. Like I felt like all these, the whole sort of hysteria that surrounded success, like all of a sudden tabloid photographers, you know, were taking my photographs yeah. at airports mm -hmm. and I was like breaking up with my husband and there was somebody taking our photographs, really distressing and vile. Yeah. And, and I was just like, this is so uncool and so awful and dehumanizing. And I just don't admire it. I, I wish I did admire it more, but I don't. Like, I don't sit and look at a lot of these celebrities and go, wow, you're so cool. No, no, none of them. Yeah, I mean, Almost none of them. There's no. a few that managed to, to, to carry it off. Sure. But for but the most part, it is like, oh, what's funny. going on here? <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. I think that there was once, 
I got a phone call from Steve Jones, the guitarist of yes, the Pistols, right? Yes, yes. So Jonesy calls me. I've known Jonesy for years. And the Pistols were getting back together to do this. They were doing this show on at the Roxy, I think it was. This is a few years ago. Like maybe 15 years ago or something, 10 or 15 years I remember years ago. this actually. And then, minus Sid, obviously. Right, minus Sid. But Matlock was doing it. Yeah. So, so, so they were getting back together and Jonesy called me up and said, would you, uh, would you come and introduce us? And now, 16-year-old me, that's like getting a call from God. Yeah, that's incredible. But I couldn't do it because I was doing a corporate gig for T-Mobile in Las Vegas. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, enough I said. Rem I remember when I was going out to talk to the, the night of the show, I'm doing the corporate gig for T-Mobile in Las Vegas. And I'm walking out and there's all these guys in this, and I can smell the fucking shitty lobster in the room. And I have a, ah, it's fucking horrendous. And I felt awful about it. And I was like, geez, what the fuck happened to me, man? <laughs> and then I spoke to Jonesy about it a couple of weeks later. And he went, oh, it's just what we was doing. We were doing it for the fucking money, Aww. weren't we? I went, oh yeah, I suppose so. And he let me off the hook. It's a good story. You and, still but, got the good story out. Yeah. <laughs> I got But that highlights it, right? Yeah, a little bit. That I mean, to me it completely explains the discomfort of realizing like this is just not who I want to be. But none of that shit matters. What matters is is the feeling you get when you hear the fucking amps go and you fucking walk out and the audience is there and, and you know what you can do and I've seen you fucking do it. <laughs> and you walk out and you fucking get a mic in your hand and and here we go. Here we go. And here we fucking go. And that's the ride. And everything else is fucking gravy. It's it's sugar sprinkles. It does fucking Strangely, nothing. the thing I love the most is being in my dressing room and you can hear the crowd. Yeah. That's my favorite moment. Really? Of like, yeah. Like, it doesn't get better than that. All Like, for me, that's it. It's like the anticipation and that excitement. You hear them all speaking and laughing and shouting. I don't know. I just love that no, feeling. I, I totally understand it. I have a memory of doing a gig in L.A which I love you for and I will always love you for because I was going out, I was playing the Ace Hotel. I remember it well. I was doing, I remember it because I was in the, you have a laugh that's I, distinctive. I knew you were going to mention No, no, it's laugh. not even about the uh, laugh. It's not even about the laugh. It's before it. What I did was, I remember the intro music I had at the Ace Theatre was the cramps playing Let's Get Fucked Up. And it starts off with the drums going, poof, like that just fucking rolls out like that and I heard you going yeah <laughs> right in the fucking audience I heard your voice and I went you oh fucking right God. man you're fucking right here we go here we go and, and it is that it's that there's like everything falls away in those moments of performance I think everything falls away and the planes and the money and the fucking and the paparazzi photographers and the resentments and the fear and the everything fucking disappears. And that's that's why I do it. And I think that's why you do it. Yeah, I think so. Although I've never had a personal plane, I would quite like one, I must admit. Yeah, you, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I would quite like one. You su you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised how uh, quickly but I, had, I totally understand what you're saying and I love you for that. I think it, I can imagine that being... In fact, I'm embarrassed even being, talking to you yeah, about I, it. Yeah, I understand. It must be... Weird. So yeah. weird. But I mean, you've had such a insane career and you've seen things that so few people have, you know, and like you talk about these massive, you know, like you say, you're on late night TV. That's huge. It doesn't really get much bigger than that in America. 
Do you yeah, know what but I mean? it was weird. I was I remember talking to somebody. I was talking to somebody about this the other day because they were talking about how I left, and I said, "Yeah, but because I didn't, you know, it wasn't a thing to me." And this, if you look at the people who have left, like after shortish periods of time, I left. James Corden left. Trevor Noah left. We're not from here. John Oliver left. We're not from here. So we didn't grow up with that. Johnny Carson is the what you have to be. It's like it's a gig, and you and do a the tough gig. gig. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a long a tough gig. gig. It's, it's a concept album. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's Rick Wakeman, Journey to the Center of the Earth. It's the full cape and orchestra. And but you're say, being self-depreciating, but to be fair, that is a tough gig. Ah, uh, you know, is it though? I mean, well, I'm fucking, not saying it's tough like you're cleaning floors for a living. That's yeah. a tough, that's a tough job. Or, you know, you're a nurse. That's a tough job. But But that's not to say that what you do in these positions is not, I don't know. It's exhausting. I would imagine it is exhausting. It's emotionally exhausting, and I and that is true. But and being an intellectual, you have to be intellectually awake. You know, yeah. every night. Yeah, that's, you do. That's a lot. It is. It's a lot. But yeah. the but it's. I didn't do it for. I did it for ten years. That's enough. Yeah, but that's a long time. It's long enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. And do you? I mean, surely when it's meant you to be my podcast, surely I'm meant to ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I haven't seen you in so long. I'm, All right, right. I'm dying to ask questions. All right. When you decided to leave and, you know, because I, I can remember thinking, wow, he's going to go back to Scotland. That's intense. Because mm-hmm. it's like coming off a, a an escalator. Yeah. Yeah. So for it, a while, it, you're moving at the same speed as you've always been I'm not saying it wasn't moving. without its challenges. So but. what was, like, what happened? Like, I'm assuming you were just moving, moving. You got that incredible house, which... I don't think I'll ever forget because it was so beautiful. <laughs> and you had this amazing life and you had chickens and a really domesticated, beautiful life. I still have that. I, of course, I'm, right. I know you do. Right. But at some point, there must have been the jolt when you get off the escalator of like, whoa, what the hell? Or like, where do I put all my energy, my talents, my... Do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying. I do. That's why I built a fucking church. You know, I mean, it, it's it's like you you have to put it somewhere. But also, I don't know if you've experienced this. There was a point where I became discouraged. Of course. And just with everything. Yeah. I was burnt out. And it was after late night. And I'm, I was just discouraged. I didn't know why... I made some TV shows I probably shouldn't have made. I, you know, I, I wrote a book, which I'm proud of. and, and But there, there was, yeah, it was a change of pace. It was, it was difficult. Did you never experience that? I absolutely experienced when that, When did yeah. you experience it? Just around about our th- fourth record, and we couldn't put a foot right. You know, and, and that happens to musicians of all course, the time. Of course, happens to But when it happens to you, you're just like, I, I literally thought this is the end of the world. And I am 40 years old. I was 40. And I'm, I will never get back up on that pony because they don't let women back on the pony. And right. then enough years passed, my mum died. Yeah. And we had been on hiatus for about five years, which is a long time. I was on a TV show. I played a Terminator. Oh, right. There was the Terminator show. And that kind of kept me busy for a while and brought in the excitement that I was used right. to as a musician. But then that came to an end. My mum died. And then I was like, all right, what what now? And I just went to Coachella one year and I was looking at the, everything and thinking, what, they're fussing about this band? Yeah. And I'm sitting here rotting on my couch. <laughs> no longer will this be the case. And I just called the band up and I was basically sort of like, come on, let's let's work just for the sake of working. Doesn't matter if it's not top 10. Doesn't matter, you know, if we don't sell a million records. Right. Who cares as long as we enjoy 
doing the pursuit of what it was that we fell in love with. And that's when you become Keith Richards. Well, that's when you are, you, yeah, you are freed in a, in a free. way that you've never been before. You're free because they don't fucking own you anymore. Yeah. And that's what I think. The truth is, look, I'm, I'm 60 fucking years old. I know, but you look good. <laughs> Thank you. You do. But, but, but here's the thing. I'm 60 fucking years old. It's not whatever fucking way you cut it. It's not the first day. And this is, I've said this to audiences and I mean it. Like I'll go out and say to an audience, look, I've done a lot of shows and I've fucking won awards and I've made a lot of money and I've been very successful. So if this show sucks tonight, it's fucking you. It's not <laughs> me. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And, and it, and it's true. That's brilliant. You know, I. the evidence I'm is I'm fucking in. good at what I do, I'm you motherfuckers. If yeah. you want to have a good time, That's great. fucking relax. Daddy's got it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, I can do this. I love that. And, and I, I love that. It's and so I cool. I mean it. Don't yeah. you feel that when you of walk out Of course I now? do, but I've never vocalized it as well as you just have. Sing it. Yeah, mummy's <laughs> it got it. Yeah. It's so good. It's a, it's a really nice feeling. I, and I guess that's why when I do do shows now and I walk out and people, you can see, and you see them immediately, right? You can look into a massive audience and go, well, there's the cunt that hates me and yep. he's only yep. here because his girlfriend <laughs> wants to be and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yes. And for some reason, you can really focus on singular people. And I don't think right. audiences understand that. Oh, yeah, you see them. They don't yeah. think you're looking at them and you see all kinds of things going on, people picking their nose, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, looking at their phones, yep. you know, whatever. Oh, he's off to the bar to get a drink. I mean, you mm -hmm. catch it all. It's really wild. I know. But now I, it used to bother me when people wouldn't pay attention and, and not appreciate what we were doing. And now it's just, like I said earlier, it's just sort of like, everything's good. We've yeah, got this. It's all right. Yeah. You are a joy. You are a joy, Craig yeah. Ferguson. It's right. so great to see you. Thank well, you. Thank you for letting me be on your podcast. You're we? welcome. No problem. <laughs> Come and see me ne again next time. Yeah, I will do. <laughs>